Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored as always by advisory, advisory consulting and education services experts, Workforce Dimensions Limited. As always, I am John Phipps and as always, the noise you can hear on the background is a man who in the week was outed to me as a closet Arsenal fan. So I need to know, Matt Gerrard, after our recent radio show, are you merely using the Kent Only Podcast as a stepping stone towards a gig on Arsenal Fan TV? Uh, no, as a child... I must have told you this before that we I was doing hopping then for the 111th episode. Good on you. That noise. Good say. You didn't get that game. Yeah, as a child, um, I followed Arsenal because if you join the Junior Gunners, you'd used to get a free ticket. Amazingly, so you join the you pay your five pound and you get a free ticket to any. And so we used to go up a couple of times a season as an Arsenal fan. Charlie Nicholas is an absolute hero of mine. So uh, that was the sort of thing. So my first ever game at Arsenal was Arsenal v Sunderland in 1983. I think it was May. Ali McCoyce, I think, got the goal for Sunderland. Arsenal lost. Arsenal nil, Sunderland won. Sitting in the West Stand, it was. So, I went to a few Arsenal games uh, a couple of times in the season. So, yeah, Arsenal was my um, football league team, so to speak. I don't give a monkey's about them now, to be honest. But, um, yeah, so I was. I am... Arsenal, okay, if you open up my mother's loft, there's probably loads of Arsenal kits in the, in the loft. But, um I bleed black and white now rather than red and white. Oh, excellent. Um, if, I, I'd go to the doctors about that if you're bleeding black. Well, right? you, you're too, well apart, from, apart from the other team in Kent, have you got a proper team? No. I, I, I had a couple of flirtations with teams when I was younger, but nothing serious. And, and you just kind of look what at it. What were they? Um, I had a, a briefly Spurs, one of them. I reckon you were Spurs. Briefly Spurs, um, because yeah, yeah, you were a, you were a Spurs person in that sort of Because I see you being Spurs, yeah. But it was only really because, uh, like after Italia ninety, it was all about Gaza, wasn't it? So him and Lineker were just like, oh yeah, I'm going to support them. I'm going to yeah, they look amazing. Um, and then for a, a, a while in my teenage years, I had a bit of a thing for Aston Villa. Um. A bit, yeah. a bit random, but I quite. I, I went Did to. Did you love Stan Collymore? Uh, wasn't a big fan of Collymore, but I went to a couple of games up up at Villa Park. Great place to watch football, proper football ground. But um, you know, when you get to a certain yeah, age, you just, you're just like, you know, I'm just going to focus on one team and kind of wish I hadn't bothered. So now I just focus on all the non-league <laughs> teams in Kent. So um, yeah, it's all good. Actually, talking of Arsenal and Dover Athletic, uh, I currently have a game of Football Manager on the go. Uh, ironically, I'm actually managing Aston Villa, but that's a, a complete accident. Uh, and I was just sat there, and it was the draw for the FA Cup fourth round, and Dover Athletic were in it. So I'd, I actually clicked all, all the teams to see who Dover would get. Dover at home to Arsenal in round four. Now, how excited would you be by that? What year is this? It's the current year, so it's, uh, it's the second season of a game of Football Manager 19. So January 2020... Uh, on the Football Manager. Oh, seeds. Yep. And... Oh, in the air for your kids. Yep. Do you want to know how they got to the fourth round? Oh, oh I love this sort of thing. Right, so uh, I will actually... I will look... I happen to have it open here on the screen. So I will just have a quick look at... Uh, uh, seventh in the National League at the moment, which is not too so far off real life. what we're doing at the moment. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it is the weekend before the big fourth round tie, so... Football Manager, yeah. I've, still, I've stopped watching videos of Football Manager now online. Good. I thought that was sad. So, but the, 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 the um, switch is coming back. 
in March. We're going to probably buy one in March, so it could come back on the radio, but we will be buying a Nintendo Switch in March. So apparently there's a big game coming about animals and sims. Oh, lovely. So in the FA Cup fourth qualifying round on this game, Football Manager, it was Paul Town with the opponents, 3-0 Dover, goals from Anthony Jeffrey, Josh Pasley, and, of course, the big man, Ine Fion. First round proper, home tie uh, against Gateshead, 2-0 to Dover Athletic. Oh, trick for them. Goal scored by yeah. Joe Rankin Costello, whoever he is, and of course, yep. the big man, Ineffiong. Third round of the FA, FA Cup second round, Accrington Stanley away for Dover Athletic. Oh, I'd have been cold there, wouldn't I? I'd Billy Key sent off after five minutes of that game, and then in the 16th right. minute and the 21st minute, who else? But Ine Effiong scored both of Dover <laughs> Athletic's goals. Is he a wonder kid on this programme? <laughs> Incredibly, though. And this is where it gets really incredible, Matt. You're going to love this. Third round of the FA Cup. Watford versus Dover Athletic. Two goals from Mitchell Brundle have dumped out Watford at Vicarage Road for non-league Dover. And now they play Arsenal in the next round. How about that? Uh, it's, been, it's been a wonderful... Uh, uh, I'd be uncontrollable coming back down from Watford for that. You'd still be up there now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in a year's time, when that actually comes off in real life, <laughs> we'll be thinking how spooky that is. Yeah. Well, uh, Mitch Brundle scored well, twice for Dover. Basically, my team. So. Yeah. So my dad, my dad who supports Preston because they were good in the day, Tom Finney. We love Tom Finney. Um, that was his team, but he used to take me. So, so when you get a free ticket, you would used to go. So. people's cards as well about a, a drama program that starts next week uh, on ITV called Flesh and Blood 
uh, parts of which were filmed in Eastbourne. Uh, so you'll be able to see the uh, the place that's miles away from Matt Gerrard's house that I happen to live in, which uh, I'm sure you hopefully will find. Uh, did you see it filmed? filmed? I didn't, but I did know back in July that they were filming uh, down here because I get emails sent about things that are going on. And when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, that's Eastbourne. So hopefully you'll be able to see the... Uh, Anybody famous in it? Uh, Russell Tovey's in it. I think Imelda Staunton may be in it as well. So uh, it should oh, be well, good. Well, she's going to be playing the no, so basically big hitters then. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, oh, brilliant. Good stuff. Uh, it's our 100th and episode this week, which we did briefly discuss last week. So, as he's already said, Matt Gerrard has done his hopping, a la David Shepard. Uh, it's a number in cricket that is suggested with bad, associated with bad luck. Uh, but some uninteresting buggers have done some research rather to suggest that, in fact, no more or less wickets for when the score is 1 1 1. It's named Nelson after Admiral Nelson, although the traditional adage that it was one eye, one arm, and one leg is not true. He never lost a leg. We don't, however, know about his balls, which is another explanation that's sometimes been given. Uh, 1 1 1 is also. What number in Australia is it? Do you know what that is? 87, mate. Nelson. No, they just use 87. Unlucky number, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one 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 is also the NHS helpline number if you're ill, but not nine 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 ill. So again, more education for you there. Uh, on with the show uh, then, and again this week it's Destination Isthmian League to start with, and we can only start at the top of the Premier League. We're after beating Worthing one nil on Saturday, folks in Victor Crozier got to just two points. Even though I was at the game, you're going to hear an interview from Matt now. As yesterday, he got up with goal scorer Ira Jackson. Yeah, it was um, great result, and um, it's important that we we. Um Caught three points, um, especially when the gap was five points and if we have lost the game, it would have been uh, to eight. So it was important in our fight to win the league and to, to really push on into the conference last next season that we, we got the three points in that game. Was that your thinking going into the game? It's one that you, you couldn't really afford to lose? Um, in my personal view, um, I, I knew that we would win the game. I just thought that... Um, it just made it of even better importance the fact that we were five points behind and and winning the game would push us closer and closer to them. So um, it was important for us to go out there and to just be resolute, show what we could do and, and play the game rather than the occasion. Good for you as well. You're a former Worthing player. Is it always nice to score against your old club like that? Yeah, um, it's always nice to score, uh, to be honest. Um, I don't really mind who I score against as long as I'm scoring as often as possible, but um, it was good to um, to get the winner in such an important game. But also, uh, obviously, it's a little sweet enough that um, I returned to my old club and got a little bit of chips in my fans, so it was good to give them a little bit of silence by getting their three points and getting the winning goal. I think there's a bit of confusion. I think you say you've got 21 goals or league goals this season and the league is saying 20, but you must be delighted with, with that return with still a good two months or so uh, rest of the season. Yeah, um, the, the, the uh, goal that the league are saying is up to debate is, um, is a goal I scored against uh, Horsham, which is on its way in, but the defender like tries to clear it on his way in. Right. And um, eventually it goes in. Well, it obviously goes in off him afterwards. So. I was always led to believe if it's on target and it hits somebody, yeah, you can right. claim that goal. Yeah, which which is what initially I was given the goal and then um, I've seen that the league haven't given it to me. But to be honest, it just spurred me on to go and keep scoring more goals. And obviously not happy with only 20 so far. I think I should have scored more. Um, I did go for a bit of a goal drought, but... Um, it's
And as you say, there's too much left of the season, so there's still a lot more goals to be scored and a lot more games to be won. You mentioned that about a goal, Stuart. As a striker, does that play on your mind when you're playing, when you haven't scored for a few games, or have you just got to carry on, and if you miss a chance, that way another one will come? Well, I'm not really playing up front, I'm playing out wide. Right. So it's, it's not as bad. Um, it doesn't look as bad to everyone else, but obviously to me, like I, I look at it and I go into every game saying I need to score in this game. So to, to in the middle of the season, after being on fire for the first seven or eight games, to then go on a drought where I haven't scored in six, and I was playing well, it, it, it kind of, for me... Um, I was coming out of games disappointed um, with myself that I couldn't do for the team what I was trying to do, which is, which is play well and score goals. So, um, but it was great man management on um, Pugsley's part because he, uh, he phoned me up, I think it was five games into it, uh, into the goals out. Or actually, it might have been, yeah, it was after the sixth game. So before I, I scored in the next game. And he just said, like, look, don't, like, don't put so much pressure on yourself to score. Like there's, there's other players in the team. You're not the only one that's going to score off goals. So as long as you keep playing well, you know you will score. So um, that was kind of a, a little um, weight off the shoulders in terms of management-wise that I didn't have the pressure that, oh, even though I'm playing well because I haven't scored, I'm going to get dropped. He, he basically told me I wasn't going to get dropped. Um, you mentioned Neil... Yeah, you mentioned Neil Cugley there. He, he's knows more about football than a lot of people combined, you know, manager for Folkestone for such a long time. How important is he going to be for this running as well? Because, you know, Folkestone um, getting in the Conference South, we, you know, from what John and I say on the show, that will be an unbelievable of achievement from where, you know, where they, where they are. And how keen are you, you think the club is ready for that, Gleep? And Neil Cugley has been some fantastic achievements in the career. This will be up there for him if he could do that. Um, I, I personally believe that um, the management staff at Folkestone probably the best I've experienced um, in non-league. That includes um, Dover as well. Um, in terms of the, the way they handle the players, the way we prepare for games in terms of um, uh, the way the manager can manage players and how to get the best out of each player. And Especially for a player like myself, who's very creative, I like to put pressure on myself to deliver results. Um, but also I do need to be playing frequently so that I can deliver those results and I need to be trusted to do what I do. I think um, it, it shows the, the stroke of genius that we have in a manager uh, that he's able to get the best out of important players in our team. Um, we have probably one of the most consistent teams and, and set of players that, we've, that any club I've ever been at or ever seen has had. There's players in our team that have been there for five, six, seven years some even like longer than that. So it just shows that um, the stability is probably one of the biggest reasons why we're probably the best prepared um, to go up this year in terms of as a team because the manager knows what he's going to get out of every player because he's, he's known them for more than six games or ten games. or And he's also, obviously he's been in the game for a long time. Edgy's been in the game for a long time and so is Ned. So the whole staff have been they've been through these sorts of things before whether it's at Folkestone or other clubs they know what it's like to, to push for a title obviously the season that I was at Worthing Folkestone were going to win that title that season as well and they they just kept kept putting the pressure on kept putting the pressure on 
and while as it was, and we were on great form as well, but Folkestone just couldn't be stopped because they had that experience. Hmm. Yes, there's a great point from that. But this weekend, you're at home to Wingate uh, and Finchley. It showed the character the side, as I mentioned earlier, when you lost to Carl Shorten and you went to Worthing. So what do you expect from Wingate? Um, I expect that Wingate will bring um, the best performance they had this season. Um, and also, not just because they're facing us, but because they're fighting to stay, stay up. Um, and coming to Bill Kent is probably... It's a, it's a free game for a lot of teams because they're not expected to win so they can give their best with freedom rather than with pressure. So I expect it's going to be a tough game um, because we're going to face the best win game since that win game since they have to offer. Um, and we're going to have to be on top of our game to ensure that we get the three points that we need. Yeah, okay, you're supposed to be playing this evening. I'm recording this on a Tuesday and I think you're gaming the Velocity trophies off. I presume... As a player, you have to do training now. Would you rather play than train, or is it one of those things? Um, I, just, I just like playing football, obviously. I don't. I missed the chance to score goals uh, that, that matter towards my goal tally in training, but um, ultimately that game's going to have to be played at some point. So um, at least with training, you get the chance to prepare for the game on Saturday and um, go from there, really. Yeah, we've been pretty critical of the Velocity Trophy. Maybe for size at your level, it's not as bad as the ones the league below when they play loads of group games. Is that an important competition for you, do you think? Um, every game, every competition is important. Um, for me, um, in terms of my performance, because it's another chance to show what I can do, um, and it's another chance to prove the manager right for signing me, um, and uh, to show the fans that that was a great win and a great performance Matt as far as I'm concerned and um, Folkestone as Matt Newman said to me we're in a title race now possession and they had a lot of it they didn't have a single shot on target and a couple of near misses 
Of course they did. But they did not have a single shot on target. And and that, to me, suggests that folks in Victor were absolutely brilliant. Uh, makeshift back four uh, for Invicta as well. But Matt Newman and Michael Everett at centre-half were absolutely superb. They both played really, really well. And I, and I said to the people sort of around me at half-time, I was like, well, Jesse Starkey was suspended. He must be the, the main sort of threat, even though he's not their top goal scorer. And they were like, oh, no, it's the conditions. Well, the conditions were the same for both sides. And in both halves, Invicta created chances. Um, and, I mean, I did retweet out the save uh, in the first half, which is phenomenal, brilliant save um, to deny Everett. Uh, and then the, the goal is also available. He's the guy linked with Barcelona, isn't he, the goalie? Apparently so, yeah. Uh, he's very, very handy. Is he good? Did you think he was decent? He, he was very, very handy, but he will know that he probably should have done better with the goal. And uh, it was interesting in that chat with Jackson about the goal that's been taken off him. Um, I, I would wonder, just ever so slightly, if um, if they have a close look at Saturday's goal, if that could be taken off him as well, because it does come off the goalkeeper uh, and loop in off, off the post. But... I'm more than happy for Ivor Jackson to have that goal because he, he played well and, and he, he showed what he's about. Uh, he, he tried to link up well with the other players. And as he said in that interview there, he's playing out wide at the moment, but he's still popping up with goals. And he, he, he was so intelligent with that goal because he, he took the ball from Scott Hurd and he, he wasn't pr- afraid to go the long way round, went round to the outside, drilled the ball across goal and gave it an opportunity. And, and three minutes from time, it, it was the perfect time to score. Um I don't know, obviously you were out and about, Matt, but when you saw that result, were you impressed? Yeah, yeah I, thought, I thought it was a really good result. Uh, focusing, you look back, they have conceded a few goals, Liam, so I think keeping a clean sheet, would Neil Cudd would be absolutely delighted. And when you've got the players like Jackson up front, you're always likely to sneak a goal in a game, so absolutely delighted. Many Folkestone fans, are it was a decent crowd, wasn't there, 1,400 odd? Yeah, 1,410, and there were a, a fair few Folkestone fans. Um, the atmosphere was, was, was pretty good, and I suppose the weather being as bad as it was. I mean, it was chucking it down and it was windy and everything. So everyone was kind of together. You know, there, there were all just covered areas and they were just absolutely uh, jam-packed. And I must just say as well, there were a couple of incidents towards the end of the game uh, involving uh, Worthing supporters, one of whom actually threw a flare onto the pitch and the club have moved very, very quickly and actually banned a supporter for a year uh, for that action. So fair play to them. And no, nice place to watch football. Um, nice, nice little stadium. You, I think they've got a bit of potential to, to build up. The main stand is lovely as well. Um, so you know, it was, it was a good day out, and and I'm sure that um, whatever happens, either of those teams will be an excellent addition to the National League South if they go on and win the league. Uh, but you mentioned Carl Shorten there, and I know Matt Newman certainly said, yeah, they're in with a shout. They're coming up on the rails. So it's it's going to be an interesting title race. Yeah, but folks have put themselves in it. Uh, I think like, what I did like about Ira Jackson there, he was very brazen of um, Cudley. You know, he's been there year after year, and you have to give him maximum respect for rebuilding the side. You know, when they've had the financial problems and everything like that, but coming back stronger, and I'm sure it'll be a great achievement if he gets into Conference South. And they've got a chance now. So, a couple of easy games I mentioned on paper coming up as well. So. Yeah, big big couple of weeks for Folkestone, but I'm absolutely delighted for them. They had a lot of problems, but it's a really well-run club. And Conference South would be, it'd be an excellent addition to that division if they can get, get, can get promoted. Yeah, it's eight points between the top five in that division, so it is far from over, uh, especially with uh, with Hornchurch and, and Carl Shorten and Craig Wanderers all on 55 points. Uh, that's six behind Invicta and obviously a, a further two behind Worthing. You've even got Horsham. Uh, they've got a game in hand on Cray. Uh, on 51 points, they will probably still be thinking they've got a chance. But for me, this is a, a, 
one of the most exciting divisions that we've got in this sort of Premier. I mean, obviously, we've got the scaffold is, is, is very, very tight. But to, this is still got this sort of, will those teams actually get up there and, and make a proper fight of this? But um, Worthing will possibly be concerned. That was their fourth home defeat this season. So, um, and they're second in a row at home, both to Kent clubs as well. So, uh, they will certainly be looking over their shoulders. But enough about Worthing, because it's just got to be praise for Folkestone. And, and you, you sent me a message um, asking if I thought any of the players could, could go higher. And, and, and it's a difficult one, because what makes Folkestone so good is the togetherness. They've got like six players in their squad who've played like 400 games or something like that. And and that they're a team rather than individual superstars. Obviously, we've heard from Ira. He's a top goal scorer. You've got Johan Tahorst. Uh, is very, very lively as well. And Jason De Santos will probably think he could have had a couple of goals on Saturday too. Um, but the, the, it's the solid backbone. You, you, you're Scott Hurd, you're Kieran McCann, Everett and um, and Newman. And then you've obviously got... in goal? Who's in goal? Tim Roberts in goal. So you've got him as well. He's back he's, in the team now, yeah. So, yeah Josh, Josh Vincent wasn't uh, available Saturday, so he didn't, he didn't play. And, and uh, Paxman was suspended as well. So they've got players to come back as well. But... The thing about folks in victory is, is, is a good team spirit makes you better than the sum of your parts, and, and that's definitely the case for them at the moment. Yeah, I think again they've had a very very good season. I think you know a couple of seasons when they originally went up from the uh, Ryman Sap, whatever it was, then they struggled a little bit, didn't they, and come back down. A bit of a yo-yo club, but now he's done a really good job there, Neil Cugley. And he, I think play, players probably like to play for him, as you mentioned there. Numerous have played of over four hundred appearances. If you give him the respect that he deserves, he probably gives the respect for you. And, that, and that's a phenomenal achievement. You think that Liam Friend probably played nearly 500 games as well he was there. So he keeps the core of the squad. And you have to say, in non-league terms, that's quite difficult to do. Yeah, well, the thing was as well with, with Folkestone Victor was it did take them a, a while to get out of the South East Division. I know they've been up in the Premier Division. They've been around the top of it uh, for the last sort of two and a bit years, ever since we've been doing this podcast. But... It took them a long time to get promoted back into this division. And I think other clubs, people may have got frustrated with it and moved on somewhere. But those players all stuck together. And I think that's part of, that's where the, the, the catchment area that Invicta have got being small kind of helps. Because that those players ne aren't necessarily going to move a long way away for, to, to play football. If they're happy at Folkestone, then they can build on. And, and eventually it, it's paid dividends for them. I always thought that, you know, a lot of the, the guy at Saga, Roger De Hanna, I think, invested a lot into the hockey club, etc. like that. Maybe folks in Victor, I don't know if he, he's not in football, but would he be interested in the financial problems there? Folks in uh, an up-and-coming area, I would say. Um, it's, a good, it's a good club. I know they've had the financial problems, but well run off the club as well. At some point, I thought maybe he'd invest in the club as well, but they're going in the right direction. Can they do it? I really hope for Neil Cugley, I hope he because he's one of the one of the good guys as well and a real non-league legend. He doesn't mention that interview. He's no, he's forgotten more about football than either any of us will ever ever know. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, on Tuesday night, Margate drew two-two with Hornchurch, a late equaliser uh, for the visitors, and Jamie Curtin was on target uh, in, with a penalty for Hornchurch there as well. Uh, on Saturday, Margate also drew one-one uh, at Brighton Sea Region, uh, while Cray Wanderers were held to a nil-nil draw at home by Kingstonian this weekend. Invicta host Wingate and Finches, we've already heard. Uh, Cray go to East Thurrock, and it's Margate against Carshalton, so another tough game. Uh, for Jay Saunders' side, who are... Yeah, five without a win, I think, is Margate, isn't it? So, taking the lead, not finishing games off, a little bit of frustration 
think it's um, Hearts Down Park and I think we said before it's one of those seasons you just probably want to forget about it now and maybe regroup for next season and look at players who you want for next year I have all our sides at the start of the season folks in Cray and Margate you probably said that Margate would be the side at the right end of the table but it just hasn't really worked out for them has it and it hasn't been for a few years now Margate since it's, I want to say since I ripped that pitch up nothing seems to have gone right for them has it no, it's interesting you said it's one of those seasons they just want over with. I think I make that at least the fourth in a row for Margate, if not the fifth. So it's, it's always uh, full storms, I think, at the moment for Margate, and they need something uh, to just click. Into the Isthmian League South East now, but we're actually going to start by talking about the Kent Senior Cup, where the first of the quarterfinals was played last night. And it was a surprise result as Phoenix Sports won 2-1 at Ashford United to reach the last four. But, as you're about to hear from Phoenix boss Paul Bryan, it's been quite a run for them in the competition with victories over the aforementioned Margate and Charlton Athletic under-23s before last night. I spoke to Paul earlier on today. Yeah, yeah, we were very excited about it. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a bit new for us at this level. Since we've been at this level, we've never really reached this far in any competition. So it's exciting for us and, uh, you know, we were very pleased. And you've beaten some some good sides along the way as well, haven't you? It's, it's not been an easy run for you with Margate, Charlton, and then last night Ashford. Exactly, yeah. Margate, I thought we'd go down there. Um, when we used when we went Margate, we, we used it to give some people minutes. Um, you know, we played uh, sort of a fifty percent strong side, but we we did well. We, I mean, I think on the night we we scored. Three of our goals were wonder goals that probably wouldn't have happened any other night, but we took them. I think we took them by surprise a little bit, if I'm honest. They played a few youngsters and uh, were a little bit shocked. Um, but it was a well-deserved victory, to be honest. Uh, and then Charlton under-23s as well. I suppose it didn't, that must have been an experience for you all. Yeah, it was good. Um, um, I knew a few of the guys, the young lads, because my boys were involved, were involved in academies, and I knew a few of the boys there. And it was, uh, you know, it was a tough game. It was, it was one of our best performances of the season, I have to be honest. Um, and again, deserved... Uh, you know, we went behind one nil down and we feared the worst, but um, we fought back and, and you know we played well and you know we knew, we knew how they played. Uh, I've seen them play quite a lot and um, we changed that formation for that game and uh, it worked well. And then obviously last night away at the league leaders Ashford, I guess you yeah. kind of would look to that and thought it'd be a tough game, but but you've won again. Yeah, I thought um, you know I know Tommy well, manager of Ashford. You know I know how he plays. Um, where we played against him when he was at Thamesmead um, and obviously at Ashford. We played in the first game of the season at home and I thought we were a little bit unlucky. We got beat 2-1, we missed the penalty. Um, and I thought we were a bit unlucky really. It was a good performance. I was happy with the performance, but we didn't get anything from it. Um, first half yesterday, we were probably, you know, they had a lot of the play. They commit bodies forward and we knew that. And we knew we'd have to defend well, but we knew we'd get them on the break. And I think first half, they, they, they shaded it a little bit. Uh, although we probably had the two best clear-cut chances in the first half. Um, but second half, you know, we came out and we, we made hard work of it, really. You know, the opportunities we had, we should have been a little bit more comfortable um, and maybe should have been 2-1 or 3-1 up when we actually got the penalty. But um, they didn't really threaten. I think our keeper had one save to make in the second half. So a really, really good result away on a Tuesday night. And again... I lost both my centre-halves within 50 minutes. One I lost, he came off injured at 35. The other one came off at 50 minutes. So I had two full-backs playing centre-half for, for you know, a good half of the game. Um, we had uh, midfield, you know, my skipper there, Hoppo. So I had a, a youngster, Ollie, who had his first, second start of the season in there, played brilliantly. 16-year-old in the 
and as obviously into the last four now, I guess you're, you're, you're thinking there's a possibility it could be Whitsmore or Ramsgate, but it also could be one of the bigger clubs in the county. Which would you prefer? Yeah, it's a really good question. I've been asked it by a lot of people. I mean, look, we're, we're here to win the cup. We're not, we're not here to, you know, I mean, you probably speak to the chairman and he'll want um, a Bromley at home or, or something like that, but uh, not Bromley, um, who else is in it? Gillingham, Dover. Sorry, he wants Gillingham at home, probably. Something like that. But, you know, for us, reasonable Ramsgate are winnable games for us, definitely on paper. But, you know, if you look at who we beat and then, I mean, we've got to be honest and say we don't fear anybody. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I'm sort of, I would probably prefer a Whitsmore or Ramsgate. would probably give us a better chance to get into the final, and a final is always a good occasion for the club. It would be the first time in a, uh, in a final for, for at this level for the club. So, you know, Chuck beating Charlton was the first time the club's ever beaten a full-time team. Um, so, you know, it's exciting for us. And I would, if I had to say something, I'd probably ask for a Whitsmore Ramsgate, and there's no offence to them whatsoever. But on paper, that'll probably give us the best chance to get into the final. Yeah, looking at the bread and butter of the league, you're 13th, but uh, you're in a, a, at the bottom of a team that a lot of teams that are very, very close together in points. I guess you want to move up the table and, and just see how close you can get to the top five at the end. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we we you know we've lost our last two in the league, Craig Valley two 0 and Whitehall two 0 but you know both games we deserve something out of it. And you know, even if you read Craig Valley's report on the game where we got beat two 0 with them, they said you know they got the result thanks to to us bad bad decision making in the final third. We had plenty of good opportunities in that game, and I thought that seventy percent of the game we were the better side. Um, you know, I'm not one to say that if we're not. And you know, they were just a bit. One, the first goal was a free home goal. We sent it off, put it in our top corner of his own net. And um, then the second goal, we just didn't get close enough to them. But you know, we hurt them and caused them problems. And I think if you ask them honestly, they know they got away with one there. Whitehawk was, uh, you know, we beat them at their place. They knew what we were about. They knew it'd be a tough game. And we made one silly mistake with, I think, about 10 minutes to go, which gave them the goal. And then we were pushing forward, which gave them the second goal. And again, I think we deserved the point out of that game. And I think they'll agree with that. They were they were very ecstatic about getting the win there. Um, so we haven't been playing badly in those two games. And we were on the back, we were coming on the back with three wins, I think. Um, and, you know, like you say, the, the table's really close. And we got, we got games in hand on the players above us. We win a game in hand on the teams above us, sorry. We win a game in hand and we, we're back up to sort of seven, eight. You know, everybody's got to play each other. So we, you know, whilst we don't like being 13, we know we've got the games in hand and we'd rather have the points on the board. But, you know, we go away at Fabersham on Saturday, which we know will be hard, but he's a winnable game for us. Um, and then we've got Sittingbourne on the Tuesday. Again, a winnable game for us. So, you know, we get a couple of, we get a two or three game run, winning game run, and we're right back up there. We don't, we can't afford to lose too many more right now because the gap's just getting there from the, the, the top the top five. Um, I think it's going to be eight points if everything levels itself out, or six points if everything levels, levels itself out. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll do what we do every season, and that's, that's our intention to finish as high as we can. And we try and make every game countable. We want to count for something, and we want to stay in the fight for as long as we can. And our ambition's always the same, that the last game of the season means something. 24 league games you've played so far, Paul. You've only drawn one. What's, what's going on? <laughs> we were talking about that ourselves yesterday. Um, to be fair, the draw we got, we, were, we played absolutely appalling that day. We, we, uh, we were lucky to get a draw. We were, it was probably our worst performance of the season. And in the end, the draw came from a centre-half, putting the ball in his own net. But we, we, you know, we, we're not 
here to draw games. We're here to win games, and you know we do. We you know we up until recently we were probably one of the top scorers in the league. We like to we like to get forward. We like to attack teams and and, and score goals. Um, and uh, yeah, it just so turned out that I think when we're when we're behind, we sort of push forward and we're, we're not gun ho in any way, shape, or form. But you know we're always looking for the win. And if we're one goal behind, we we think we need two. Uh, and sometimes that's a little bit, you know, where we may maybe nick one and got a draw, but we push forward to it, and that's the way we play. So you're definitely one of those managers that would rather win one and lose one than draw two, then. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. For me, yeah, absolutely. We're here to win games, and uh, you know, we we will go for it. We won't just sit in, and hopefully we get an equaliser. We'll go for the win all the time, no matter who we're playing. You know, we we competed against all the teams in the you know the problem, the only game we competed was Hastings away earlier in the season but you know we beat Craig Valley twice we beat Whitehawk um, we beat um, uh, we, we were unlucky against Ashford but we beat them in the cup now so all the teams and it's the same every season with us our, our problem comes when the, the, the games are a little bit uh, you know getting ourselves up and dropping our level and keeping our level high when we're playing teams not lesser teams because anyone can beat anyone in the league but I don't want to be disrespectful to any team but teams that maybe on paper you need to think yeah Uh, it says there, Matt, they're, they're in it to win it, uh, which uh, the other Kentina Cup quarterfinals, I should say, uh, next week we've got Dartford against Folks and Victor, Whitsable against Ramsgate, uh, and the date for the fourth tie between Dover and Gillingham is still to be confirmed. Uh, and uh, his assessment there was, yeah, the chairman would like us to have a big club, uh, but we quite fancy Whitsable or Ramsgate because we think we'll have a better chance of reaching the final and we're in it to win it. Fair play to them. Ah, oh, it does get a bit of thick, the Kentina Cup, because... It's not the greatest competition and what, what it once was. But yeah, Phoenix Sports, what a fantastic run. It's good that one of the other smaller clubs are getting through to the competition. We've seen Maystone dominate it a bit before. Welling have always done well. But good play to Phoenix. Always going to be a side that I don't really too know, know too much about them, but always comfortably mid-placed in, that, in the Scaffold uh, South East Division. And I think they've got, got something to work for till the end of the season. Like the point when you said about that, doesn't really care, don't don't want to do draws. We'd rather win than lose because you get more points from those sort of positions. In two draws is not as good as one win. So, yeah, decent, decent for them, and good luck to them in the next round. Hopefully, it can work out for them. And I still think the competition could do with a bit of a rehash. But Phoenix Sports, people there, we're very, very, very excited, and it's a great result against Ashford. Ashford been in great form recently. Yeah, Ashford um, gave it David to George Purcell there as well uh, in that game, and and as he said there. They lost a couple of players to injury. They had fullbacks playing at centre half, and that's a really, really good result for Phoenix Sports because I was when I saw that fixture, I was like, well, I'd, I'd imagine Ashford will win that. But to go there on a Tuesday night when the weather's not been great, your game was called off at the weekend. To, to go there and, and get that result against a team who are top of the league is, is absolutely fantastic. And I suppose for, for Paul there, I would say uh, that Phoenix Sports are probably above themselves because you look would look at them and with all due respect to them you would say they're one of the smaller clubs in that league but there they are they're 13th in the league but if they win their games in hand they, they can go much higher and by the sounds of it they're a team that other teams don't like playing yeah uh, I don't even actually where is it Darford Wayfield Bexley Heath so yeah I've been there's a lot of ground but I've never been there so don't know too much about them but again when we speak to all these managers at this level it means so much and they put the hard graft in they put the hard work in there and again he seems like a manager that you want to play for as well so absolutely delight for them 
again, a great result against Ashford. Again, Ashford did put a lot of the first team out. And George Pasello, I know a bit about from his time at Dover. He's a good player. So, really good result for Phoenix. And for me personally, for the competition, I hope that they can draw either Ramsgate or Whistable so we get a smaller club, a, Skeffel, um, a South East League club, a Ryman South East club into the final. It'll be great for the competition. I love the fact you had three attempts at that and still got it wrong. Uh, <laughs> what division that is. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's part of your charm. That's why Arsenal Fan TV, they don't need so, you, mate. You stick with us. Um, <laughs> Just rubbish, complete gobbledygook. So there you go. Yeah, and and I did also like the comment he made there as well about how uh, what when he finds it hardest with his team is when they look on paper and they're expected to win. Uh, he said that the only draw they've had all season uh, was that game at Ramsgate, which obviously they would have expected to win given how Ramsgate season's gone. Um, but he said when when te- when they seem expected to win, they they tend to struggle struggle. So they've got that almost underdog, you know, we like to come and ruin your day spirit about them, and and I love a team like that. Yeah. Again, I don't know how much they pay their players, but but they are one of the smallest clubs in the division. Probably even punching above their weight, could they be? But they, they were solid side at that division, and good luck to them. Absolutely. Uh, elsewhere this weekend, uh, Ashford did go top of the table, but they were held to a one-one draw by Hayward Heath. Uh, Herne Bay were beaten one-nil at home by VCD Athletic. Charlie McDonald with the goal there. Hyde beat Guernsey 2-1. It was Ramsgate 2, Whitehawk nil. The Rams coming from two goals down to get a point there. Uh, and Whiteleaf were 3-1 winners over Faversham. On Tuesday night, uh, Haywards Heath were in Kent again. And this time they won at 7 It's on Saturday, Matt. Guess what Haywards Heath are playing? Seven Oaks at home, Seven Oaks. so a, a very quick uh, turnaround. Just four days between those those two fixtures. So I'm guessing Mickey Collins will be desperate to get some very quick revenge. And, and surely <laughs> his, his team talk's written for him there, isn't it? Well, yeah, the, the likes of non-league football, how they see from there. Seven Oaks have had a bit of a slide recently. Uh, in a good position, maybe get in the playoffs at the beginning of the year. Looks like they're going to be sort of mid-table. But Mickey Collins doing a very good job there. But yeah, just feel like a bit of revenge at the weekend. Absolutely. Elsewhere on Saturday, it's Chichester against Hythe, Cray Valley host Burgess Hill, Faversham against Phoenix, as we heard, Ashford go to Guernsey, Sittingbourne visit Hastings United, as we've already just said, it's Haywards Heath against Seven Oaks, Herne Bay host Three Bridges, it's VCD against Whitsable and Ramsgate go to Whiteleaf, and on Tuesday night, it's Chichester against Herne Bay, Haywards Heath against Faversham and Phoenix Sports take on Sittingbourne uh, into the National League then, where it has entirely predicted by Matt. Dover's game at Eastern on Saturday was called off. But after seeing pictures of the surface at Barrow at the end of last week, I was very surprised to see the game up there on Tuesday was on. It ended 1-0 to Barrow. So Matt, the question I have to ask you is, 16 points behind Barrow, 12 games left. Are Dover's title hopes over? I hate to say it, John, but I think it is. And again, we've got to score more goals if we're going to get into the playoff positions. We're in a good position at the moment. I think the next three out of the next four are home matches against the sides around them. Solihull and Yeovil win that. So I think within the next month or so, we'll know where Dover are going to be. If they can show good form at home and win those matches, you can be confident. But my my big concern is is scoring goals. So um, they need to score a few more goals, I think. But Barrow was decent when I saw him a couple of weeks ago. So... Apparently, Dover did have a few chances there, but Barrow, Barrow's to probably lose now at the top of the division. So, but um, yeah, a, yeah, like anything from Barrow was a bonus. The big games are coming up now 
against the fives and the sides around them that they can hopefully beat. Maybe you need to find uh, Joe Rankin Costello, who's been banging the goals in for him on, uh, on Football Manager, mate. If you can't, I need to Google him and find out where it's on loan, is it on loan from region? Blackburn, according to the game I've got there. So, um, right. uh, yeah, we'll... Uh, well, let me but... just text Andy Hessenthaler. He's <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, he is a, but he's, a, he's more of a plays off the striker, he's more of a midfielder. Uh, started his career at Manchester oh, yeah. United, so um, you know, yeah, good luck to him. Good he's, he's, he's twenty. Yeah, uh, the make believe Andy Hessen Tyler, assuming it is still Andy Hessen Tyler, I'm just going to check. Uh, has done very well to to bring him. Actually, it might not be because let me have a quick look. Start. Could be what? Nineteen. Uh, manager. No, the manager of uh, Dover. They must have had some changes. Uh, the manager of Dover Athletic on this current game, the man who's taken you to uh, to a, a tie against uh, Dover Athletic against Arsenal is Adam Flanagan. Believe it or not, done well. He must have done a great job at Dartford. So yeah, fair, fair play. The world of well, now manager of Brentwood. So um, interesting. Yeah, good, good appointment. Well done, well done, Flanagan. It was uh, Hess who was manager, by the way. It was Hess and Tyler replaced uh, by Flanagan. So. Uh, uh, yeah, very interesting. Uh, in the middle of the cup run as well, he was replaced. But it's uh, it's him. He's masterminded that big win. Anyway, back to real life, uh, which is what we're actually here to talk about. It was a story of 1-0 wins in the National League for our teams this week. 1-0 uh, home wins, that is. Because uh, as well as that loss for, for Dover, Bromley went down by the same store, score at Stockport. Uh, but Ebbsfleet United climbed the place and surely killed off Chorley, I meant that rhyme, with a 1-0 win of their own over the bottom place side. David Gregory saving a penalty uh, very late in the piece there as well. Uh, that was a must-win game for Ebbsfleet, Matt. Absolutely massive game for them, wasn't it? Um, I, I went out, I checked my phone, and I think it was half-time, and I checked it full-time and saw it was 1-0. I thought, that is the best. They had to beat Chorley, got them off the second from bottom of the table, and it makes this weekend's game against Chesterfield even more massive. Probably the biggest game for any of our Kent sides this season. If they can win that, they're only a point behind Chesterfield. We only, we definitely think only three are going down. If they lose it, then now they'll be seven points behind from that. So it's going to be difficult for them. But they gave them, given themselves a chance um, to do it. A clean sheet and a win. I think the league form is not bad, is it? One unbeaten in four, so two wins, two draws. If they carry on that for the remaining 12 games of the season, they'll probably be all right. And the points they get, but massive game this weekend. But pleased for that. I was thinking that Kevin Watson, if they lost that, maybe lost his job. But they've got that. I think the transfer ban's been lifted so they can play Michael Timlin. But absolutely massive game for them this weekend against yeah, um, Bromley, though, Matt, they are still sliding down the table. They've got Wrexham at home on Saturday. They desperately need a result. Yeah, apparently dominated against Stockport, but Stockport scored. Um, and then get the post and the crossbar, Bromley. Couldn't have do it out of the playoffs now. When's the last time we said that, John? I think they've been in there since getting to match day two. So, yeah, it's quite tight in there for the for the player. I thought Barrow and Harrogate maybe are, are going to be in, maybe looking okay Harrogate or in the playoffs as well but there's definitely points to play for if you can get into the third place positions Bromley 11 games to go need to find a little bit of form Wrexham don't know what you're going to get from them but they're fighting for their lives as well Wrexham may think a win there that gets them out of the, the hole they're in so massive game for Bromley got a funny feeling a lot of games this weekend John just before the end of February could be pivotal to a lot of our sides now 
Yeah, and D- Dover against AFC Fylde, the team that absolutely went above uh, on Saturday. I-, I think we're all just kind of thinking, well, Fylde will get out of it, Fylde will get out of it. But they're in a wretched run of form. It- it- do-, do you know where it's all gone wrong? And are you looking forward to seeing them on Saturday? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's simply as I tip them to win the league or at least get promoted. <laughs> that shows where it's gone wrong. Probably that's the reason. Season no, but they haven't won in eleven. They brought in Jim Bentley after they got rid of Dave Challoner. I think there may be a little pro- the players they brought in over the summer. Maybe they haven't worked. Danny Rowe didn't work, but Jim Bentley is it one of these things that Jim Bentley's only works at one club when he was at Morecambe and did a really good job there keeping the league. But Files, they expected to get in the football league by twenty twenty two. At this rate, if they don't start watching, they'll be out of the National League. The budget they've got um, could be a bit of a concern. And apparently, they, they make a lot of their money. The guy, the owner, is big into fracking. I did say that right, fracking. Uh, and I think, is there bans on fracking? So some of the money might not be there. Right. That's what I've heard as well Yeah. On, on that point of view. So, yeah, I, I didn't expect them to struggle. And I always think, because over the last few seasons, when they've been the player, they've been the best side I've ever seen at Gravel because they played some lovely football had Danny Rowe who's a very good striker but really gone wrong but Dover can do Epsley a favour if Epsley can beat Chesterfield and Dover will beat Fylde it's a good position for Epsley to be back in there out of that do you think Chesterfield against Epsley that's must win it's must win for Epsley they can't afford to lose that game can they yeah they definitely can't afford to lose I don't know if it's definitely a must a must win but they definitely cannot afford to lose that game. They also uh, have a game on Tuesday night to Ebbsfleet as they go to Maidenhead. And obviously Matt will uh, be for them again. very misty-eyed on Saturday, as he remembers last year's Dover against the AFC Fylde game, when the two teams were at the opposite end of the table than they are now, Dover down the bottom and Fylde near the top, and uh, Ineffi on the score to brace. And, and as I often say, uh, the commentary from Matt Gerrard, if you've never heard it, of that second goal, Bainiafion against Fylde is absolutely magnificent. It's the way you paused, mate. It's the way you paused because I know you didn't believe he was going to score. No, still don't know. Still don't know. <laughs> so if he, gets, if he gets in the same position on Saturday, still no guarantee he's going to score. But that was, yeah, that was, that was a game that you know you have seasons games you remember all through the season. I think that goal actually won goal of the season at Dover last season. So a because it wasn't the greatest goal I've ever seen, but the importance of it and it gave him a bit of belief and and thankfully they survived from there. But it, if they're going to get in the playoffs, they've got to be, you know, it's a big game against Fylde. So, they win that, they could be up to fifth place in the league. If they'd have won last night, they'd been in fifth place in the league. So, yeah, it's business, definitely business end of the season now. Uh, over three games at next four, as I mentioned, at home, will know, definitely know where they're going in the next few weeks, I think. Yeah, internationally, South Air Dartford's game on Saturday at Billericay was obviously uh, called off. Tom and James' game miraculously was on, uh, but they drew 1-1 with Hungerford, although I did hear that it was pretty farcical conditions uh, towards the end. Uh, Marvellous 1-0 win for Welling at Dulwich. Uh, great performance by all accounts uh, from goalkeeper Dan Wilkes. Uh, Angels also lost on Monday uh, at Chelmsford, but I'm going to talk about Maidstone United now. Nine men uh, Maidstone finished with on Saturday and lost at Chippenham. And then on Tuesday, they were beaten 2-0 at home by Bath City. And uh, regular listener to the show, Nick Morgan, uh, said sent me a message last night. Quite a lengthy one, actually. Uh, so I'm just going to read it out to you. Uh, he said, just come away from tonight's Stones game. Thought I'd offer a view, as I know Matt has mentioned a few pods, that Stones fans might get the hump if we don't make the playoffs. He says it will be a significant step back for us as far as he's concerned if they don't make it. Uh, as much as he couldn't ever see going up this year and didn't really want us to, um, due to the financial reason. Uh, a club of our size in this league playing its part-time teams has to be reaching the playoffs. Currently, I don't see it happening. As much as I'm happy to be proven wrong, I've been pretty spot on with my predictions in the last few years. 
When I compare this to Dartford, they have momentum and new manager bounce. How long that will last for, I don't know. But currently, we don't have that kind of momentum to get us over the line. We were evenly matched tonight, but simply committed too much for without creating enough. That's the story of our season. Without a new option up front, I simply cannot see it happening. If it doesn't, I suspect a good core of fans will not be happy. So, Matt, you're in touch with the Stone fans by the sound of things. Yeah, I, I, I know they had a new team, but Woking and Torquay had a new team last year. You've got the... John Steele is a good manager. Hank and Manoretta, they know this league. I've seen it a couple of times, and I wasn't that impressed with Maystone of what they can achieve. And looking at that, it's been a terrible week for them. I know they had two players off, sent off against Chippenham, but you, you know, Darford went one there and won 5 1, and they were 5 1 up at half time. So you look at that again, I think Nick probably put it on, on the spot there. They're lacking a goal scorer. Um, I think when. With Jay Saunders, when he brought players in, he brought players in from lower levels, didn't he? Who were scoring goals at lower levels, and some of them worked, some of them didn't, when they got promoted. They got lost McClure, my mate Amnazor, I don't think they've got, they're not natural goal scorers again. So you look at what Dartford have got with um, Romain and McQueen again, I didn't think they were natural goal scorers, but Steve King's getting a tune out of them. And I don't think the strikers scoring goals is going to be Maystone's problem, I think, this season. You think they've played uh, 29 games. They've lost nine of them as well. And as he mentioned there, a size of getting 2,000 every week, full-time, they should be doing better than they are. They're, they're, what, 20 points off the top of the table? If you'd have told me that at the beginning of August, that they were 20 points off the table, I'd have been shot. So I think it's, it's a disappointing season for Maystone. Probably still in their own hands with games in hand and the sides have got to play. But for me, I've said all along, I don't think they'll get in the playoffs. At the moment, I don't think they will as well. As you mentioned, this new manager bounce from Steve King from Dartford has happened. And maybe Maystone had a little bit of a boost. There was, when I've been there, when the Jay Saunders factor was in, you feel they were going to win matches and grind matches out. With this squad, I just don't feel it at the moment for Maystone. And hopefully I'm, I'm proved wrong, but I only think one of the Kent sides will make the playoffs. And at the moment, if I had to put my mortgage on it, I'd say it's going to be Dartford. Massive game for Maidstone uh, this weekend as well. We know we said there's been a few massive games el elsewhere, but Maidstone in ninth on Saturday at home to Hampton and Richmond Borough in eighth. Uh, and I would suggest that that is the sort of game that whoever wins that game will think that the other one's playoff hopes have taken a real dent. Yeah. Hampton, I think they did a job at Dartford a couple of weeks ago. It's a decent uh, form at the moment. Yeah. Again... We mentioned is absolutely a must. Again, for Maidstone, needs to do it in front of their own fans. Again, it's, is it must win? I think after the week they've had, yes, they've got to beat them. Three defeats on the spin at this time of the season would not be good for them at all. Uh, no. Uh, and no goals as well. That's, that's, my, that's my concern. When I saw them against Braintree a couple of weeks ago, nice, nice football. Did they have a natural striker to put the ball in the back of that? No. And, that, and that's a concern against Bath. They went 1-0 behind, had a few chances, but they haven't got that killer instinct. McClure's gone, maybe he's the most natural goal scorer, but they couldn't compete with Gloucester going to pay. So unless John Steele can get a striker from somewhere, I think they're gonna, it's going to be a struggle for them. Yeah, elsewhere on Saturday, uh, Dartford are at home to Eastbourne Borough, uh, obviously the town where Steve King and, and uh, myself uh, both live. Eastbourne just keep drawing at the moment. Not uh, together though, is it? Sorry? You don't live together with Steve no, King, do No, you? don't. No, no, really don't. <laughs> um, but no, Eastbourne East just keep drawing games at the moment, so that's going to be a tough nut 
uh, to crack for Steve King's men. Uh, Welling are at home to Chippenham and Tunbridge Angels are on the road to Oxford City. And then Angels are at home again on Tuesday night as they too take on Hampton and Richmond. So looking forward to seeing how those games pan out uh, over the next week. Into the Southern Cairns East League then, where uh, on Tuesday night we finally found out the identity of the second finest of the Kent Senior Trophy. And it will be Corinthian, who uh, were 3-1 winners over Beckenham Town. Uh, two goals for Andres Tobon, uh, and then uh, one for Oscar Housego with Steve Townsend getting one back for the visitors. Uh, Beckenham. So it will be Corinthian against Sheppey United in the final on the 19th of April at the Gallagher Stadium. That should be a really, really good final, that, Matt. Fantastic. I presume the league games will get cancelled from that. Could be um, Sheffy, can they still be up the title? Corinthian may have other things. They'll know if they're at Wembley at that point. I think the semi-finals are a couple of weeks before. So definitely Corinthian playing on numerous uh, competitions still. Sheffy, I think you saw a couple of years ago, Sheffy winning. Did they win it when you went? No, they lost to the Whistler. Fans really had a good, they lost to Whistler. Yeah. But, but yeah, but the fans, they took a number of fans there, so they'll be happy with that. It should be a really good, good game, that one. So... Uh, It'd be interesting to see how important it is for, the, for either side if they still can win the division and particularly for Corinthians in the Vars. But to, probably no definite excellent game of football. I like predict goals in that competition, that final as well. Absolutely. Although when they met in the league a couple of weeks ago, it was nil nil. So it was nil. No, no, we got it wrong that. But that'd be a bit more expansive in the cup, I would say, John. Absolutely. Uh, into uh, the actual scaffold itself. None of the big teams at the top actually played. Uh, at the weekend due to the weather and obviously uh, cup commitments as well. Uh, Canterbury City drew 1-1 with AFC Croydon. The attendance at Sources Lane was just 34, uh, according to the Skeffel website, which is, uh, is, is is kind of ba bad given where Canterbury were this time last year. Uh, Erith Town were 2-1 winners at Deal Town. Uh, and in the only other game involving a Kent side, it was K-Sports, Neil Hollands and Blair Neil. I also want to mention with K-Sports that first-team assistant manager Sean Holland uh, was taken to hospital on Friday uh, with a suspected heart attack. Uh, he underwent an operation uh, on Monday or Tuesday and uh, the operation went very well. Uh, all at the club wishing him a speedy recovery and looking forward to seeing up and about soon. Uh, understand that he's also tweeted out saying, or he's put something out there saying how, how grateful he is to everybody for, for their support. And obviously we will add our good wishes uh, to Sean Holland and, and, and get well soon, Sean. Hope to see you back in the dugout uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, there was a game on Tuesday night in the Scaffold Premier League as well and uh, it's safe to say that Irith and Belvedere, since losing their manager, have gone slightly downhill uh, as they were beaten 7-2 at home by Wellington uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, and uh, all accounts were that it's a very young Irith side, uh, not quite ready uh, for the level that they're, that they're playing at. And we, we see this so often with clubs, don't we, Matt? Sometimes it, it all just goes a little bit awry and that seemingly is what's happened at Irith, uh, Irith and Belvedere. Yeah, I remember them being a, a decent Ryman South club, so issues there. Um, players and man managers, then players go disappointing. Um, just hope they can regroup, get the right appointment for the next manager, and go again. But yeah, disappointing times at the moment. They still do they still share Welling or is that yes. Town? Yeah, no, it's the Belvedere. Do, yeah. Yeah. They, they've, they've lost yeah, the last. Lost their last four. They're only three points off uh, bottom place, Crowborough Athletic. Uh, we don't know if anyone's going to go down. We know there's going to be a bit of reshuffling. Rumour is that Crowborough won't even be in the skiffle next year, uh, regardless of where they finish. Um, so we will, f we will see what where happens they with, uh, into the Sussex Combination League. Um, right. So the rumour goes. Uh, but we shall see what happens with that one. Uh, this weekend, uh, well, there's a game tonight on Wednesday night, actually. Hollands and Blair against Sheppey United in the Premier Division. And on Saturday, 
It's Chatham Town against Wellington, Corinthian against K-Sports, Fisher against Beersted, Glebe against Lordswood, Collins and Blair against Tunbridge Wells, Punjab United host Deal Town, and it's Sheppey United against Beckenham. Another huge game uh, at the top of that table. Uh, it, it just seems... Should every... be going to be top by the end of this week. Quite possibly, yeah. They win just... today. Yeah. Big week for big, big week for Sheppey, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. If they can get a result tonight and then win on Saturday, yeah, it could be... Uh top of the table and then they could be with their support tough to knock off so yeah big week for them yeah and finally into the scaffold first division just three games uh, survived the weather on Saturday it was Brydon Ropes 3 Kennington 6 uh, six different goal scorers for Kennington as well in that uh, Forest Hill Park 2 Lidtown 1 and uh, SC Thamesmead 1 Lewisham Borough 2 uh, in that division so uh, still all to play for there there wasn't any games in midweek uh, so we'll just run through the fixtures in that division as well. It's two games on Wednesday night. Lewis and Borough against Kent Football United and Snobden Town against Sutton Athletic. And then on Saturday, Brydon Ropes host SC Thamesmead. It's FC Elmstead against Holmesdale. Greenways against Forest Hill. Kennington against Croydon. Lewis and Borough against Meridian. And Lidtown versus Sutton Athletic. That is pretty much it for this week's uh, Kent. You have a shout out for somebody, John, for us. He's listening to the pod. You said he... From Monday night's radio show. I was just coming on to that. Yeah, we uh, on Monday night on the radio show, uh, we were joined by uh, a very nice young lady called Alice Bussey, who is a Jill's ladies player who's uh, won a scholarship to go to university in North Alabama uh, next year. And in the studio, or in the in, in the studios with her, uh, were her dad and her brother. And, and her brother, who is a student uh, at the University of Brighton, uh, he was uh, he's a massive Dover fan, and, and I think he was a bit of a Matt Gerrard fan as well. Um, so it was probably best you weren't there. Found him. Yeah, it's probably best you weren't there because it would have absolutely ruined all of his uh, all of his hopes and dreams. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I hope he's listening as well. But uh, yeah, thanks for supporting. It was lovely to meet you uh, on Monday night. Uh, as you might as well listen again to that radio show. I also had a bit of folks in chat. Uh, Alex Hode fielding admirably uh, for Matt Gerrard. So um, when I have enough of speaking to Matt on the podcast, I might try and sign Hody up. Um, no, I'm yeah, joking. good lad. I'm joking. He's a lovely lad though, Hody. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate him coming in. This Monday night on the radio show, we're gonna be, uh, our, our mate who's good at crazy golf is going to come in and talk about fencing. Um, so we'll, uh, so that'll be interesting. Uh, that's not Priya's hotel, is it? The fence? No, not that sort of fencing, no. Um, um, but we will, yeah, and we'll also... <laughs> Of course, we're looking back at all the weekend football on our show and you feel free to, to listen in 9 o'clock BBC Radio Kent on Monday. Uh, you can follow this podcast, which is why you listen to this show on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Kent Non-League. You can find me on Twitter at John Phipps 81 and Matthew is at Matthew underscore Gerard. I got confused there uh, because I, I almost called you Matthew, which I never do uh, here. Um, also this week, obviously, uh, lots of stuff in the news. But uh, again, just the message is be kind. You know, be, be nice because we're only here once and let's make it good for everybody else. Uh, we are only here once, but we are here next week uh, with episode 112 of your Kent Non-League podcast. Look forward to speaking to you all then. Thanks for listening. I've actually got a fan, Joe. You bet you never thought you'd say that. No, you're right.